0: Toffee Blues your source for all things Everton and welcome to another show where tonight I'm joined by Teddy McAllister as always well tonight the podcast sees the long-awaited return of its most regular segment the extra time show which always follows Premier League games after three months away football is of course back and we'll be looking back on our hard-fought 0-0 draw against Liverpool in our first game back and Teddy and I will be joined for that by Owen Parks. And then later with games now coming thick and fast, of course, in this resumed Premier League season, we'll be moving on to looking ahead to our next fixture at Norwich City on Wednesday in another match preview segment. As you know, the segments are separate on YouTube, so I will introduce the respective segments as we move through the podcast. So we'll get straight down to it and we'll introduce our viewers for our extra time segment. We are going to be looking back on Everton's long-awaited return to action with a credible draw against the old enemy. Everton nil, Liverpool nil was the final score. And to go over it all again, I've got Terry and Owen alongside. We'll start with you, Owen. Not quite the embarrassment we were anticipating, was it?
1: No, I thought Everton did very well. Um, it could, This could all have been a very different show if Liverpool got an early goal yesterday because it would have upset our rhythm a bit. But we stuck to the task very well, um for a team that didn't really have a recognized whole midfielder on the pitch. A lad on the right who was making well on the left who was making his first Premier League start, a lad on the right of was more of a natural number ten. I think our defensive display was very good in that, in that sense um it wasn't perfect going forward. We look very sluggish in the final third with the final ball and that. But as a team who was playing Liverpool after a three month lockdown where they're desperate to win the league, I thought we did very well. Yeah, um, I was pleasantly
0: surprised. I mean, I think I made no bones about it. I think I was saying the other day that I wasn't going to watch it, and I kind of didn't. I was like, it was half watching it from like behind the sofa, just sort of trying to distract myself, but couldn't help but. Like, keep popping popping it on every now and then, trying to see what was going on. And I was pleasantly surprised in the end that we, if anything, maybe should have nicked the win. I mean, Teddy, what did you make of it? Um, it was a well executed game plan, I felt.
2: Like, obviously, it wasn't nice on the eye at times because clearly the game plan was to let Liverpool have a lot of the ball and try and hit them on the counter which nearly did work at one point, you know, at the Tom Davies chance. Um, but I think Ancelotti was just, you know, pragmatic. He, he, he had a look at what he had at his disposal and who he was coming up against. And, you know, forget it, it's Liverpool for a second. These these are the best team in the league. If that's Man City yesterday, nobody's having any qualms about the attack and play. They're just like, oh, we've done a really good job on them. We did that um, a couple of years ago under Koeman when we went away to the Etihad. And we didn't have much attack and play there, but we, you know, we got the the draw, and it was seen as a really good job done. And I think um, this this game should be looked at in the same light because, yeah, it's not the it's a, it's not the same season as as the one we were playing because there's been a you know bigger gap than some you know some off seasons some summers. It is, than there is it is in the
0: off season, I think.
2: Yeah, like th- you know, three months um, between you know kicking off one ball and kicking the next one. I think that is bigger than the summer breaks, isn't it? But you know, I think he, he, as Owen touched on there, like he's got players, you know, out of position. He's got, you know, key players missing. So he's just, he's gone out and done a job on them. And, and you know, I think every player did their part well. Some of them coming for some stick, like, you know, Woby. But clearly he'd been told Woby don't leave Coleman exposed. Because there was times in the game where they started off with Minamino and Firmino both playing and Minamino's on the right but he's not playing like Salah plays on the right he's coming in and they're playing in each other's pockets so all the threat is coming from Mane on that left hand side so the defence, his job then is just to smother him and he didn't get much joy and it showed. It, um I think it's a really uh, good job done by Ancelotti to set out his team in full acknowledgement of what he had to work with and who he was playing against and I think it's a it's a good point and it would have been an even better three points, but we're able if, if to get that we were
0: banking on some luck going our way and let's be honest. It's that never yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that was that was that was the next thing I was gonna to touch on, actually. Is, I mean I think someone made a point on Twitter last night that even in games, derby games where we play horrifically, we always get one really good chance and it never seems to go our way unless it's like a consolation after we've already let two or three in. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. I mean, how did we
2: score two at Anfield playing that badly, but not score yesterday playing
0: you know really well?
1: <laughs> exactly, uh, just the way. It goes,
0: isn't it? Yeah, on the point of playing well, did we actually play that well though? Because obviously, I mean, we, we really grew into that game late on the last sort of twenty minutes, but before that, I think how how good was the performance? Obviously, we defend as well, but we didn't really get like, any sort of rhythm
1: going, did we? No, I I thought we were quite limited in what we had going forward, but this is a team who are 27 points clear at the top of the Premier League. We set out to do exactly what we did, which was to nullify them, close the space down, sit quite deep and hit them on the break when we can. That's what we kind of did. I don't think anyone's talking about any kind of deficiencies in the final phase if Tom Davis scores or... Richarlison sneaks one in. I I think it's more to do with how we were not clinical when we had the moments more than creating the moments. They had 10 shots and we had nine, and they had all the balls, so I think they created a far less with what they had than what we did. Um, If we had a full-strength team out and, you know, the gap between Everton and Liverpool was a bit short, so I'd say, fine, we possibly could have done more, but I think it's difficult. Yeah, to be fair, I think
0: given what we were all going into with dreading, I think it's a very, very good outcome. And I think the lads should be commended for what they managed to get out of that game. I think I I said regularly in the build-up to football coming back that I was fearful of Everton's fitness levels and maybe motivation. And to see them grind it out like that, I was actually quite, well, say quite very pleasantly surprised to see that. Siri, what did you make of the uh, the sort of work rate? Was it was it better than, certainly better than the two derbies earlier in the season, wasn't it? Yeah, work rate was was second to none. You know, you could tell like the players really did, you know,
2: want to get something from the game. But it's 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 one of them. It's it same. You know, we've we've mentioned it for them, but it was the same for us. It, you know, we hadn't had a friendly going into these games. It's like it's like playing amazing sad was Your first game of the season. But he'd haven't had a preseason, and he's been off for ages. It's like it's just, I'm, I'm, I was the most. That was the thing I was most impressed with was the work rate, considering how rusty some of the players will be. I mean, it did show on on a lot of players. Like Andre Gomez wasn't great um, in possession and sometimes out of possession. But I, I you know, uh, rustiness has played a part there. I just think, um, you know, obviously, if there's if this is a game had taken place when it was meant to, and coronavirus never happened. It might have been a completely different game, you know, Liverpool could have been, well, let's be honest, Liverpool, you know, were better before the season stopped, but they were also having a really bad run of form, and we would have had our crowd, say a bad run of form, they were having a blip, but it was their first blip of the season. But so, on,
0: on on the other hand, though, we'd just been hammered by Chelsea 4-0, like a week earlier, so, you know, we'd have been on our knees well.
2: Yeah. yeah, but I, I, under Ancelotti, I don't think... Um, We'd have turned out that level of effort twice. Like we might get beat tw- twice in a row, but we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't look like that twice in a row just from, you know, the standards he set. So I'm, I'm really pleased that, you know, going into the game, I was like everyone else, same, uh, you know, fearful. Like, you know, are we going to come back really sluggish because uh, we haven't had a friendly without the home crowds, Are we going to be really poor because we're not that great away? Are Liverpool going to come back and they're going to be, you know, in really good form because they've had a longer rest than they would have ever had
0: usually. There was a lot of things, you know, going around, you know, swimming through people's minds, and I think just every, every single one of those things you mentioned was swimming through my mind for weeks and weeks and weeks in the build-up to this. Well, yeah, definitely, and I think the Man
2: City results did sort of take the pressure off the supporters. Well, I think I definitely felt a lot more relaxed about the game when that prospect was ruled out. But I'd, let's be honest, even if the City would have lost, they still wouldn't have won it because we, you know, we turned up and we did the job we were meant to do, and it's encouraging. It may but put my you know as much as the city results eased my fears, our performance eased my fears about how we're, if we're going to be able to turn up for the rest of the season. You can't count your chickens for results, but it shows that we're not going to be. I mean, I, I don't want to say it, but we're, my fears of us doing a shelter have eased somewhat. Because that result showed a good, it showed a good level of character and commitment from the players. And now
0: that's, that's a very good comparison, actually, because I think Shelker came back with a Derby against Dortmund and lost four 0 didn't they, in the first game? And I think they've only
1: won yeah. once since. I that Yeah, I would say there's one. Big, there's one big difference between Shelker and Everton. Shelker have David Wagner and Everton have Carlo Ancelotti.
2: Yeah, exactly. I uh, I was worried that I I thought that was a possibility, and as I say, you can't count your chicken yet. There's still a lot of games to go, but um, you can't dwell on the last result because you're going to go straight to uh, Norwich now and build on it. There's no point getting a good point in the derby if you don't, you know, build on it with a win at Norwich. I I just
0: remember that that's just brought back Stephen Gerrard to me. That we go Norwich exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Exactly.
0: But um, yeah, I was so I was really, really pleasantly surprised with the. The fitness more than anything else I was very fearful I always think that we're one of the least fit sides in the league and to see us go toe-to-toe we arguably the fittest side in the league and do that I, th- I was really really impressed with that uh, just one more thing before we get we sort of round it up what did Evan
1: have to do to win a derby because <laughs> it it, it, we had the chances again didn't we we have to be very lucky to win the derby and I don't think that's ever going to come when you have absolute idiots on the pitch like Mike Dean, who don't know one one foul from another, everything's a foul or nothing's a foul and just clearly didn't have a clue, couldn't keep up with the pace of the game. And as for his assistant, Darren can, has he been to like some sort of... This is how you don't referee a Premier League game course. It's embarrassing, to be honest. So we're, I'm even more pleased with the point that Mike Dean and Darren Khan were struggling the stuff than if it was an actual competent referee. There isn't many about, but Mike Dean and Darren Khan are by far one of the worst I've ever seen. Well, I think that's another thing we've done well in spite of the...
0: I mean, we saw what the odds being stacked against us, but having those, those guys in charge of a game, it's a bit of a death knell sometimes, and so we've still got a point out of it in spite of that. And be, before we uh, finish up, I've got to touch on one thing that every, I found absolutely hilarious from yesterday. And was we made the players change in a porter cabin.
1: Every game now until the end of time, they're getting sent to that porter cabin. Yeah.
0: Oh, that that is the best thing I've ever heard. Like I just, like I know, I'm not sure what the situation I know Tottenham have like loads of different changing rooms in their grounds and some have been like getting changed to arrive and all kinds of things, but making them get changed in the car park in a little porter cabin, like as if you're at like this music festival, I just think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I would have every team ever now in that porter cabin before the game. No, I
0: mean I've been I've worked a couple of music festivals and I've been in, in the camp, on a campsite and been in one of them porter cabins and got changed myself in one of them and I was just thinking oh, that was so mean. And <laughs> we've, we've made the champions elect get changed in one of them, and it, it's just it just brings I think it just brings joy to my heart just thinking what we have put them through yesterday. Like well, given that you know what we Premier League footballers are used to as well. I just think that's I just think that's a absolutely brilliant little touch from Everton and yeah, like you say, long may that continue with away sides coming to the gooders and let's make them all change in the car far.
1: Yeah, all for that. Another it's thing as, and another thing as well, I say, I get a lot of stick when I say he's terrible but Seamus Coleman plays excellently so I want to go on the record and say, say Seamus Coleman played well. Yeah, he, he was man of the match, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was very good.
2: Yeah, played really well. It was like it was like a throwback performance to when he was, you know, really um, when he was. Unplay. Yeah, when he was, the, he was the best, you know, right back in the league for the, you know, Martinez's first season. He was just unplayable at times, and you know that was, an, um, you know, the Liverpool game wasn't, you know, his attacking best, but I don't think that was the job required. You know, Sadio Mane is one of the best players in the world, and he U- he really
0: U- did get the U- best U- of him U- for the pockets of Sadio Mane this season. You can't yeah. pick him any.
2: Exactly. I mean it's it's he did an excellent job and, and you know, that was the probably the hardest job on the pitch was to, you know, man mark Liverpool's best attack and threats
3: and
2: he did really well. But it, just on that porter cabin thing, I love that. It's just, it's not even just that it was Liverpool, it's just that when 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 we've left Brotherson, we'll look back on all the little things like that going when the uh, season was here, we had to put Liverpool in the Park End in a Porta cabin because the tunnel was too tight and changing. I, I think that is why. I think it's because the tunnel's too tight to maintain distancing. Um, because as you see when you know when the normal circumstances are sort of like, you know, one then one then one then one. When the players are coming out with the yeah, two teams, yeah. there's not enough space to be side by side. And it, that's just part of the mystique of Gunderson, that it was so tight and so small that we had to
0: put Liverpool in an air. In a reporter port- in the car park. <laughs> I just think that's <laughs> absolutely fantastic, and I mean, regardless of what the outcome of the game was, I just thought that was one of the best things I've seen for a long, long time. And you know, it shouts out to like Dan Mice from that here make make the Bramley Moor tunnel really, really narrow. So just in case this happens again. We know where we're,
1: we're going to make them
0: get changed in the door.
1: Another thing, by the way, on that um, Porter Captain, imagine Liverpool the Liverpool players were coming out that way by the Park Henmouth with um, fans. Oh <laughs> my God!
0: <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> I just think it's it's quality though. It's unbelievably like it's it, it's hard to put into words. Just. How amusing I found that when I first heard it yesterday. It was, and the the fact that they didn't win as well, you know, that just adds to it, of course. But,
2: um, yeah, well, we need to we need to fact that into Bramley Mall, Get a porter cabin built there, permanently just in case we've got a big game coming up.
0: Yeah, it's just one of them. Just like oh, where's to just just make them get changed in the dock.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's one of them, um, it, it was it was just one of them that I I couldn't get over it when we did that and I I wouldn't be surprised we'll probably be doing that to every team that comes to go between now and the end of the season so but just the fact that it was the very first time we've done it it was against them and all their like players who were not stand just in the freezing cold we got having to go into a port and one by one and it to was get changed it was dancing down as well wasn't it? I know it, it it's it's a throwback it's a throwback to like PE in school and it where they like make you like. Yeah. Out of a shitty little changing room, and oh,
1: brilliant. They <laughs> won't want to come back to Godison anytime soon, put it well, that's, that way. Well, that's exactly what I want because I don't want them to come back to Godison. No, really. I yeah, yeah, if, if you don't it
0: if, if you don't mind. But uh, just one thing before we finish, I forgot to mention Tom Davis uh, obviously hit the post, and we'll all be traumatized by that miss for till the next win at derby, probably. But what does it make of his performance? I thought he played really well. Yeah, I think he. Sorry, I
2: I think he, he played well, considering he was you know he was given a hard task you know he's in a two in midfield um against the three, and you know quite an industrious three, and you know he had you know a few mistakes here and there like he, at one point he you know he, he was carrying the ball and he tried to do like a chop you know to change direction and just got completely you know the ball taken off him. And Charleston ends up giving away a, um, a free kick, which they, you know, put over the bar with, you know, a bit of help from Pickford. But I think on the whole, he, you know, he he, he performs well. You know, he you know gets him. Um, There's a bit of a hair trigger with Tom Davies to criticise him, and it's not always unjustified either. Like sometimes he is performing well, but you know, a lot of pressure on him, and, and he, you know, he quitted himself well. And you know, so at times, you know, he was carrying Gomez through spells of the game, and I'm a big fan of Gomez, so. I'm not one to uh, criticize him lately. I know Owen say uh, a lot different than me on that count, but uh, yeah, I think he I think he plays you know quite well. He did his job well, and um,
0: you know, can feel you know can feel happy with his uh, with his shift when he uh, when he finished. I, I I think it was interesting. I think we were all looking forward to see him. Maybe like everyone says, Tom Davis is maybe one of those who struggles with the pressure from the fans, and I think he was one of those who we were really looking forward to see. Actually, without fans in the stadium how we perform and he didn't disappoint, which is interesting because this might be a good opportunity for maybe kids who might come into a precious atmosphere to make the mark and maybe stake the claim for a regular place in the Everton team. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I thought he played quite well. The thing with Tom Davison, some people, is he never plays well. So even if he does, he doesn't. So... It's a difficult one. That missed chance at the end won't do him any favours in terms of how he's looked back on in this game. But I thought he worked so hard. Um, it's difficult as well with Gomez drifting in and out of position when he feels like it, That Tom Davis had to be the one who stuck stuck in there. Richarlison even had to cover at times. Um, so I think the fact that he was in a one-man defensive midfield at the time, I thought he did quite well. I think it was very, very impressive. and. It's even more
0: interesting, I've seen people saying like some people have said like Davis is awful and Schneiderland's better than him and Delt's better than him and I think that I'd like to think that performances like that, if he keeps it up, will put anything like that to bed. Obviously Schneiderland's on his way if rumours are true, is medical's meant to be this week. And um it's time to move forward and have a new look midfield. And do you think Davis has got a part to play in that now?
2: Let's sink or swim for him now, isn't it? I mean, the 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 midfield, the centre midfield is under the microscope now because obviously the new managers come in, immediately identified the centre midfield as an area of weakness and something that you know he's changed the sort of makeup of straight away by making it a two man midfield. So, you know, Snardland's on the way out, um, Gabaman's injured again long term. Davies now is, is across these, you know, Next eight games, I don't think it's it's harsh to sort of state that he needs to have the type of run that Calvert Lewin and um, Holgate went on this season, like the start of the season. Holgate and Calvert Lewin, I think the Jordy was very much still out on the two of them. Now the two are the most nailed-on starters in the Everton team, and I don't mean just you know oh they'll play until they have a bad game and they'll go out again like a lot of young players do. They're now two of our most established you know first teamers. And if Davies wants to have an um, you know a future at the club um in the short term, then he needs to make his mark now and he's got a, no better chance than this because he's young, he's not got a you know bad injury record at all, and that sets him apart from most of the other centre midfielders. So he's going to get a lot of minutes and needs to stand up and be counted. And it's a, it's a good start. There'll be there'll be easier games than Liverpool, to be fair, but definitely he's got to do it now. He's got to have that whole gate. And Calvert Lewin's sort of run, which they've had, and if he doesn't, I think you know he's people are going to get their wish, and he's going to end up out on loan with the view to being
0: sold. While well, we look at other options, but it's definitely there for. him. But I, 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 if there's anyone I think we all, we'd all like to see succeed, it'd be Tom Davis.
1: Yeah, I, the thing with Tom is that he's so, he's such a likable person off the pitch that you feel a bit. You, feel you don't really want to criticise you feel him. You compelled to, like, say he's him don't you? Just because yeah. he's a,
0: a cracking character.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one. I, I, his work rate was second to none, so I can't really criticise anything else because I thought he gave his body to Everton yesterday, to be honest. And I know Alex Ove came into stick, but when you're a number 10 playing right wing back, I don't think he did too bad, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's many players you can criticize at all from putting in that kind of display after three months out and getting a decent result against Liverpool. I think everyone pulled the weight to some extent. So, considering the two derbies we've witnessed already this season, before that, it's a it's massive strides forward in that respect. And
1: Jordan Pickford didn't give me an answer. To...
0: Yeah, I mean that's always a good thing as well, you know. But there, there you go. We'll leave it at that. That's about. I, I mean, I, I thought we'd be looking back on a defeat today, so uh, I'm really, really pleased to be able to have this kind of discussion in a bit more of an objective manner and a bit more of a certainly in a more pleasant mood than I was expecting. So, you know, I can't argue with it, and um, it's as Stephen Jenner says, we go Norwich exactly the same. question is, what about Martina and the ass? You know, they're fringe players who, we saw Martina's name on the subs bench, obviously didn't get used, but well, what do you well, think about that? Because obviously the, it's meant to be that there's a decision being made on their futures today or tomorrow, and it be interesting yeah,
2: well, at, to, the, at the time of recording this, there's no decision being made, it's just that the decision is about to be made. I think we know. The, the decision has been announced for Stecklenburg, is going to extend his contract and um, then and move, move on to down. what I, have. I think. If the other two were going to stay, then we probably would have found out when we found out about Sterklenberg. I think it's just a case of, you know, those two, you know, Martina and Nias. Those two were on the slide in Marcel Brands' um, presentation at the AGM. No, that was a long time ago, but they were actually in the corner of the squad analysis under a little title that says working on moving out or something like that. So,
0: Oh, wow. So, wow.
2: I, I think um, <laughs> if Yeni Mina and Sidibe come through, you know, come through training today and um, a past fifth, then I think the two of them will go. Can't see us needing them if we, you know, don't get any injuries before the deadline.
0: Personally, I, I think we should get rid of them injuries or no injuries. I mean, I can't see how there's possibly the kids in the under twenty-threes are any worse than those two. <laughs> well, I know, it's it's I could just see the the club are being very careful,
2: which you know is is you know the right thing to do. But NIA's not even making the bench when there's two goalkeepers on the bench spoke volumes about whether he's going on or not. I couldn't suddenly see him getting a few extra thousand pounds of wasted money out of us. Martinez, yeah he's crap, but he's not quite, you know, in the boat he with the We've st- we've got three strikers and none of them um, have had any injury doubts so far, whereas the defenders have. So Martina's got a better chance than Niasse and a <laughs> 1% chance is better than a 0% chance, I guess.
0: Yeah, something tells me it'll be a clean sweep as far as getting rid of those two's concerns, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, probably by the time this comes out, we might have heard there's been a decision, but...
2: Of, uh, could hopefully uh, by the time this comes out that Schneiderlin's gone as well.
0: Oh yeah, he's meant to be having a medical this week, isn't he?
2: Well, I read it as that he's had the medical. He's just waiting on they're just waiting on the agreement from Everton to be confirmed on the the money, which I can't see that going wrong. I mean, touch wood. But uh, there's another wasted off the books.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I think what what really matters is I know it's a very small amount in the grand scheme of things, but the month of July, which sees us through to the end of the season, will Schneiderlin be going before the end of the season? It'll be an immediate thing, or will we be stuck with him until our season's over?
2: No, um, as far as I am aware, as soon as I would imagine, I don't know actually, but I would imagine as soon as he's signed for another club, the, we, even if it hasn't gone through yet, that the you probably sign something to the effect so you won't play him before that. Because what if they've agreed to pay you know, whatever amount it is for him, and he's all signed up and ready to go. Yeah, and then gets he gets injured playing for us. Yeah, he breaks his leg playing for us. I mean, even if, even if it is possible to do, I couldn't see the club jeopardising the move like that,
0: especially when... Uh, it's you know, crucial to get that kind of heavy wage money off the bit, off the wage bill.
2: Yeah, yeah. And plus, he's injured anyway. I don't know how he's passed the medical. Maybe they're just... Doing all the bits except that one, but I can't see him being ready to play for a while anyway. By the time he's fit, he's probably our season will probably be over.
0: But I think it's also I think France have already cancelled their season, haven't they? Oh yeah, they've well cancelled it. So, uh, they they back to uh, ago So it's probably the transfer window will be normal for them. Probably it'll probably be active from the first of July. So I'd imagine it'll probably go through then.
2: In any case, whichever it is, it, that. We're we'll starting to move out some of the deadwood and, you know, Schneidlin, Nias, Martina, it's a good start. Schneidlin with the surprise one. I didn't think we'd be able to shift him, but, you know, very good. It seems to be that we have, you know, not jinxing nothing, touch wood, because it still hasn't gone through yet, as I say that.
0: But, yeah, it's certainly a, a move in the right direction to start shifting these players. I think to see three of the most probably disliked names, if you like, and the first team squad all looking like they're on the way is finally maybe looking like we're getting to reshaping the squad the way we want it to be interesting one though of course is Mohamed Besic is coming back isn't he from his lower at Sheffield United
2: yeah he's been he's been bombed out hasn't he basically uh, as far as you know from what you read and what um, Chris Wilder said I think uh, Besic's agent played funny buggers with an name. Um, extension he wanted more money than they were willing to offer and he's been to, you know told where to go and he's come back to Everton and he's still contracted to Everton we can't use him by any means because he wasn't registered for our team but he's much like Balassi. he's back now just training and waiting to get the good word he'll be they, the two of them will be on the out list just see if we can uh, pull off any more miracles and we'll get someone to take them off our hands
0: and now it's a shame, really, because it looks as if the Sheffield United fans seem to have taken to him, which meant we might have been able to shift them. But so be it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you know there'll be other suitors.
2: He didn't he hadn't really pulled up trees at the at um, Sheffield United, and he he is not one of those completely you know lost players where you just think like which Schneidlin, I couldn't. I'm surprised we got someone to take him because he is terrible. Even though he was playing Premier League games, but he was on a huge wage. So for someone to take him, I didn't I thought his wages were going to be prohibitive. Like if you're if you're Bezic, you can't be on as much as Schneiderland's on. So and and No, he's not. He won't be. So it's probably easier to, you know, find a suitor for him than a high wages, you know, waste of space. Um so if you can find one for Schneiderlin, maybe you can find one for Bezic. If you're a team Abroad, maybe you see Bezic and go, you know what? He's you know he's still relatively young. You know his injury problems seem to be behind him. And you know, to be honest, he was an all right player. He certainly you know. I I liked
0: it. him in his prime before he lost before he done that bad injury in 2016. Yeah, he's
2: been a little bit unlucky because he's been caught up between managers quite a lot, which is not his fault. Like he, you know, he's been injured and we've changed managers, and then he's you know been lost in the shuffle and we've changed again and again and, and what have you, But I, I think quality wise. Even if he'd been at the club the whole time and was ready to go, I can't see it. he's not good enough to, you know, make a difference at Everton. Is he, he was all right at the time, but he's a Roberto Martinez player. That's how long he's been here, and you know he hasn't established himself. And you know, completely can, can blame a little bit of luck in there. But at this point, if he was playing, I think he'd be one of them, like like Schneider, who Ancelotti's probably would make a ruling around very quickly and go, not good enough for what I want
0: to do. So, yeah, you know, Balassi. Can see them yeah. just bumping. and then you forget about the ultimate challenge, Sandro. <laughs> I mean, there's t- he's no there's the fact that we're
2: getting rid of fills me with hope because <laughs> there are teams who like Sandro, it's just his wages feel prohibitive because he's on such big wages with one year left. He could just turn around and say, No, I'm going to get these wages for one last year, which I'll never get again in my entire career, I'll never see this type of money again. So I, I would be very impressed if we managed to move him out. But I've, I'm filled with renewed hope because we did pull it off. We have seemingly pulled it off once with Schneiderland. So maybe we can you know, come to some arrangement, our Valladolid or however you say it. Valladolid. Valladolid, yeah. Um, better. Whoever that Spanish team um, want to take him, but it's quite expensive for them to take him. But I'm sure we can come to some arrangement with somebody But if not, it's not long to go. He's only got one year left and he can just be choked up as an expensive mistake.
0: And now we're moving on to looking at the Norwich game in our match preview. Terry, how are you feeling going into this one? Obviously, I think everyone's mood's been lifted by the fact that we didn't get absolutely whacked by Liverpool. But obviously... That was that's a different game. You talk about the team top of the league. We're going into this one against the team who are bottom of the league. What's the how do you see this going?
2: Um, it's hard to really know what to think because everything's so because everything's so different now. It's you you can't really go into games now you know with confidence so well. They're the. Know, we we've got a draw against the, you know, the, the team at the top of the league. So we're gonna go against the team that are at the bottom of the league and that should be easy. You know, we'll beat them no matter we'll beat them, you know, with a you know It won't work like that. Like these these games come in so quick uh, one after the other and you know, after having so long off, I think we're gonna get some some strange results and it will come down. To who's the most prepared and who's the you know the fitter team? So clearly in the Liverpool game, Liverpool were not fit, neither were Everton. But we were a lot fitter than I expected, considering we had. No- I, I was
0: very pleasantly surprised by how much fit how our fitness levels looked. Given that we were playing Liverpool, and we we held out very well, and if anything, we looked the stronger later on, which is a good sign. To be fair, it says a lot about maybe what Carlo Ancelotti's doing behind the scenes. I don't know if you've seen any of the Norwich stuff from their last game. I did. Who did they play? I did watch it. It was at Southampton. Southampton, yeah. They they took a female yeah. beating like it was a pretty heavy beating they got.
2: Yeah. I did watch that. And, and as I say, the fitness thing really did play into it because I think that the, there was a lot of rustiness from Norwich. Um and it made, you know, Redmond and Ings look like they were absolutely rapid, you know, because the Norwich players obviously weren't up to scratch fitness-wise, so the players with natural pace and natural, like, you know, you know, with natural bursts in their game, you know, really stood out. Now, if we can do something similar with Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, then hopefully we could get similar joy. And I'm not sitting here, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, I'm scared that Norwich... Um, after having that game, will now suddenly, you know, their fitness will have dramatically improved. But it's more a case of you don't know how much the Liverpool performance will have took out some of our players. It's it's very difficult to, you know, go into any game with 100% confidence or to be completely worried because, we you know, we did a lot better than a lot of people expected against a very good Liverpool team. So it really will just depend on, you know, what condition some of the players are in, what team we pick. I mean, there's a very good chance we'll, will rotate given the other you know, shift that some of the players put in against Liverpool. Maybe not heavy rotation where we suddenly see a half a team change, but I think one or two faces could come in and certainly there'll be more substitutions and earlier substitutions in this game than we saw against Liverpool. So it just depends, really. It's it's very hard to predict, which is making these preview uh, videos <laughs> a, bit, soft,
3: a bit hard yeah. to
0: do. But, uh, uh, it, 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 Believe it or not, it's time for me to use the... Probably the buzzword of the coronavirus lockdown, unprecedented. And uh, it is it's an unprecedented scenario that we 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 can't really figure out what we've never really had back to back Premier League games on a regular basis like this. And certainly not so early in the season off the back of next to no pre-season, if you know what I mean. So it it we can expect a lot of rotation, but what sort of players do you think might Drop out of the team who maybe got a start against Liverpool.
2: Well, I certainly couldn't see any of the you know injuries permitting. I, I serious, certainly couldn't see any of the back four or the keeper changing. Midfield, possibly, I think Anthony Gordon might come out, um, and you could see possibly City come in. I think what we saw against uh, Liverpool was um a team that was set up with probab which probably had Sadibe in mind, uh, you know, Shields and Seamus Coleman with a Woby on the left rather than the right, uh, like he was in the Derby. But um who knows? Andre Gomez could come out. He didn't have the best of the game, he certainly, you know, didn't do anything particularly wrong, but he was a little bit wanting at times. We could we could see maybe Fabian Delph come in.
0: Is Delph fit?
2: I don't know. Mina and Delph were apparently touch and go for the Liverpool game, so they could come in for the um, Norwich game. I I would like to think that we wouldn't make too many changes if we didn't have to, because it was such a good performance against Liverpool. Obviously, there'll be a lot more expected of the wide players to contribute creatively against Norwich than there will have been against Liverpool. I certainly think it will be. It's got we'll have more you know onus on him to you know get involved in the attack and play than he did because he you know. He won't be playing against Sadio Mane this time. With all due respect to Norwich, so I don't know. May I could see maybe two changes. Um, maybe um, Sadio in for Anthony Gordon, and then you might see someone come in to midfield. I'm not, but I would certainly suggest that none of the back five would lose their place if fitness permits.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think. We'll do our utmost. It'll be the midfield, I think, that we'll see the most changes. We'll do our utmost to keep a bit of consistency in the line-up. It's, it's an odd one, though, because obviously it's only three days between our first game back after a long layoff and it, it does make you wonder. Norwich have had a slightly longer rest than we've had. They played on Saturday. Uh, could that have any kind of impact on it?
2: Could do. I mean, I think you'll see that a lot over the... Um... Over these next eight games, you'll see not just us are they? You'll see teams who've had a slightly longer rest will might have a little bit of an edge over the others because you know fatigue and tiredness and fitness will play such a huge part. Everyone's saying they're expecting the teams with the bigger squads with quality depth to you know to have an edge. Well, that will be just the same with the days with the extra days rest. You'll see teams flag later in games if they've had a day less, and hopefully that doesn't happen to us. But there'll be a couple of things I think we'll see. You know, I, even if we don't change the lineup, I think the subs will come a lot earlier. Uh, I clearly in the Liverpool game, I don't think Ancelotti was looking to make, you know, many subs. He probably wasn't planning to make any that he didn't have to. But I think this time we probably will. I think you'll see Moyes Keane introduced a lot earlier, just to either give one of the front two a little bit of, of a breather, or maybe we could put Richardson back out on the right again, depending on how the game's going. But, uh, yeah,
0: it's good to have that kind of flexibility, though, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it, it could be too early to be thinking about making multiple changes. I, I don't know, but I would I would not be shocked if we you know were to see some some strange rotation. You know, if we suddenly at one point we're gonna we're gonna see a team sheet and there'll be still be. Carvalho just won't be playing and he'll be fit and everyone will, you know, lose their heads because that's just the way we we've got to do. We'll be the same with Holgate. Do you remember against Palace when Mina didn't start? Um and he put Michael Keane with Holgate and everyone has a meltdown. So I think Carlo's gonna do more of that. He'll he'll drop players um out of the blue and it will it'll just be to maintain fitness to keep everyone as fresh as possible because it isn't it, you know it's it's gonna be difficult with all these
0: games. I mean, as the good thing is, I mean, it's not a good thing because we got knocked out the FA Cup, but it's a cup weekend after the Norwich game and we've got a bit of a rest before our game after, which I think is Southampton. I'm not 100%, but... I don't know. <laughs> I, I should have done my homework before I come on here and said all this, but I, I think having that week's rest might help us a little bit and maybe just gives us a bit of a licence to go for it a bit harder against Norwich. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think Norwich is still in the cup, are they?
2: Not sure. <laughs> We're so prepared on this. I, I didn't prepare for anything past the Liverpool game. That's all I could see. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> I, I've, been,
0: I, I've been hiding behind my couch and like muting everyone on social media, waiting to get that derby off the way. Something else about the fatigue as
2: well. It's meant to be the hottest day of the year on Wednesday. It's meant to be 26 degrees, so that could play a big part. Because those drinks breaks, I'm sure, will be a lot more appreciated and temperatures like that compared to the the heavy rain of uh, of Sunday
0: certainly I mean I think it, it's going to be an interesting one to see how we can make the most of those drinks breaks as well How yeah, well we- it definitely helps if you're on the back foot because it breaks the game up when Liverpool
2: in the second half were having the long spell of possession whilst that was you know by design by us we, you know, we were happy to let them have the ball and try and hit them on the break that you know, drinks break it does. You know, it, it upsets the rhythm. Now, if you're a team that's going to be you know on the ball a lot more, which I suggest we we will be on the ball more in the Norwich game than we were in the Liverpool game, might be something you you don't want to happen because it upsets you know your flow. But I think at 26 degrees, after you know, three days after the derby, I think every uh, least a little bit that'll be welcome. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, there's there's looking at the bench we had. I, don't think we're going to see as many kids as we expected barring, you barring know, being forced into it. I think we'll see Baines, we'll see you know, well, well, Moyes Keane, what have you, but we won't see any um, other than other than maybe Gordon and possibly Bram Thwait. I can't see us using
0: a lot of the new faces that we haven't seen a lot of yet. Of course, Norwich beat Everton didn't be in November in the Deepest, darkest abyss of the Marco Silva era. And yeah. I mean, it, it coined the classic phrase, your man said, get over and whatnot. But, you know, there's <laughs> there's, pl- there's plenty of memories, good and bad, from that game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the the lasting thing is that we got beat off a side bottom of the league at home. And it was probably the lowest ebb of our season, if you, if you ask me. Yeah, the club was absolutely lost at the time. What's changed since then? Obviously, Ancelotti's coming, but what do you think the difference will be now in the team? Obviously, what what can we expect? We we surely can't perform that badly again, can we? Yes, you don't
2: know. Um, well, that game, the spine of the team um, was, well, it's just considering after the Liverpool game, this is going to seem quite harsh. But the spine of the team was Michael Keane. Morgan Schneiderlin Guilfi Sigurdsson and Cenk Tosen in the 4 2 one now maybe a little bit harsh to include Keane in there after the Liverpool game but Schneiderlin Sigurdsson and Tosin in a four-two-three-one as the spine was walking football they were so slow they just offered little to nothing obviously the famous Sidibe Clip Sidibe didn't have a very good game at all Iwobi came on and went on the right and didn't have a very good game at all it was just an awful day at the office I was sitting in the lower bullens um, for this game which I don't usually and Schneidlin was having a running battle with the stands because every time he got it he passed pass sideways or backwards and he kept he, he got on his back at one point to pass forwards and he put the brakes on when he was about to pass to the full back moved the other way and passed it forward and then shot the, the crowds a look as if oh. to say how
0: oh.
2: hey, the- do you
0: like that eh
2: uh, yeah, but you know, he didn't—he didn't hit a pin, he didn't, you know, ping a great pass. He just changed his mind from the direction he was going to pass, which, obviously, was backwards, and passed slightly forwards, and then looked as if to say, "All right, all right,"
0: you know, like that. John, Mel- John Stones calmed down to the park end moment uh, not on all ever stop that. That was it i infuriated me from John Stones. Like the the get the Norwich game was terrible, but now you know. <sighs>
2: There's some players who've come to the fore since then. You know, like Mason Holgate was in the team, but he's really kicked on since then. Um, you know, form wise, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison have made themselves a partnership. Um, Andre Gomez was was he injured at that point? I don't, know. Not, I can't remember. But uh, there's he, there's all there's a new air about the team, like not just Ancelotti. You know, like the fact we're playing four four two is just a big deal because four two three one. Was what was on everyone's lips at the time because it was not. Working. It, was,
0: it, was, it, was, it was the way that it was the formation you didn't want to see. And no, I, feel, it, it, I never, I never want to see it again. I haven't. After the number of managers who've subjected us to it. Oh,
2: no, exactly. I mean, four four two suits who we've got at the minute, and it'll work even better when we get better players. But um, that's the biggest thing for me. We've we've got players playing. In a, in a more comfortable formation for the most part and it's brought about really good form for them. I mean, if we had a front two of Calvert-Lewin and Richardson like they are now against Norwich pre- earlier in the season, I think we could have won that game because Norwich just did a really organised job on us and we just didn't threaten them with anything because we were too slow.
0: Chank Towson up front, offering nothing. Uh, on that note, what can we expect from Norwich this time? Uh... I don't know. I
2: would have told. I mean, before the lockdown, I might have told you, but it, it now it's it's you know it's hard to predict, isn't it? I mean, that you know Todd Cantwell's a good player. You know we're going to have to be good in midfield again. Like we we did a job on Sadio Mane with Cole with Coleman, and it will not be helping him. I think we'll have to play you know due attention and care in Mark and track and tracking Todd Cantwell because he's the player who makes things happen for um, for Norwich. Pookie needs a goal so you can put your house on family getting one against Everton. We are starting this game 1-0 down as far as I am concerned because whenever a striker needs a goal play Everton as everyone knows but um Cantwells the one to watch for me. Obviously he's not quite Marnay's level but I think he's the he'll require that sort of special attention the same way
0: Mane did. If you can smother him out the game you've got them you know you you might have to beat an orange. It's de- it's definitely a good point he is kind of the focal point for most of their attacks and he scored of course against us in that infamous game in November so all the more reason to keep tabs on him yeah
2: exactly I mean it'll be a, it'll be massive if we can build on what was a good point against Liverpool and get a win not only is that an away win but we'll get four points from the first two games back before we go into a rest and imagine the atmosphere in the camp where, like there be There'll be a buzz. Everyone will be like, right, we're back and we're you know, we're playing well. If we were to lose to Norwich, you know, it might you know puncture the you know the the enthusiasm a little bit and go, Oh, you know, what a what a stop start, you know, return we've had, you know, got a point against Liverpool, but lost to Norwich and it's just about getting those away wins because what the Bundesliga and the Premier League so far have shown that behind closed doors, home form is is doesn't exist because there's a massive swing towards away victories. Compared to what it's normally like, so
0: you know Um, that we we have seen that to an extent in the Premier League in the first weekend back.
2: Well, I was really worried because I I was petrified we we might do a Schalke, you know, come back and just be absolutely terrible because every game feels like an away game, and we're not good away from home anyway. But the performance we put in against Liverpool has made me more relaxed about you know the prospect. It might it might be that we're actually much better away from home now because there's no crowd that it could. It could lead to us having an up an upswing in form. It's still early days to you know to see the way, but it'd be great to get you know you know go into that weekend where we're free, the first little break we're going to have for a while, and it'll be
0: we've got four points on the board and a an away win, it'd just be brilliant. Well let's not forget we talk about our fans being crucial to us doing well at home, but there's other teams that are even more reliant on their fans to do well and. It's particularly side a that was in the table. Seems like an orange. That that could be a benefit to us and hopefully it will be because they played at home, of course, against Southampton the other day and got a bit of a hammer in, in the second half. Do you think it's going to be a game that will be won in the second half? Yeah, I think they all are. The one you know, they all feel the... that way, don't they?
2: Yeah, because that's when fitness tells and, and the you know, Norwich were killed by pace and that's what you've got to bank on with Everton that we've got some pace and some quality up front with our two strikers. If you can get through to the second half against any team, then you know, like against Liverpool, you know, Charleston and calvert Lewin started to give them real problems as the game went on. Everyone was sort of banking on well, the last twenty minutes is when Liverpool are gonna start, you know, turning it on, turning the screw and
0: They'll teams get, a get tired. You know.
2: Yeah, well that, you know, that's a fair comment but the opposite happened in the derby because Everton were like resolute and defensive for 70 minutes and then Lovren comes on and our eyes light up and then we start playing off him and the pace of our strikers starts causing, which which is funny, it started causing a freshly subbed player problems. You know, you'd know, you think that the players who'd been on all game would have been struggling but it was Lovren who was having you know the worst time of, it, of any of their players.
0: I was so you got a- to hope that- I was saying yeah. this to my dad today, actually, I mean, how how is he still at Liverpool, given how far they've come?
2: He's there, Schneidlin. He's yeah. too expensive. He's, he's, he's on 100 grand a week, and they gave him that when that was, you know, more than it is now. Still not a, still not a small amount now, but they, they make a lot more money now than they used to. And they can't get rid of him. I mean, he's only a fourth-trace centre-back, but right now all your all your, you know, your whatever choice players are playing a part. They you know they, they had two defenders or two with their back four come off with, you know, pulls or tweaks or what have you. So you're gonna have to use players like that. And he my my mate said, texted me while the game was going on and he said and he just dreaded it. He went, Oh no, if you're gonna win it'll be his fault. And then obviously when we started playing on him, I was like, Yeah, if we're gonna win it'll be through him. And that's that was the first analogy I thought of. Went he's there Schneider and he's an expensive Flop. Absolute absolute lump who other teams can you know play on. You know, the amount of times we've seen just not tracking his man and then the midfielder scores that he's not
0: following. Well that Campwell goal against Norwich was actually because of him.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well Loveren is is they one of them and that's what I think's going to happen in, in most Premier League games and certainly will happen in Everton games if we're going to get you know, if I think our wins will come like that as the game goes on. You know, hopefully our strikers, whether it be Richarlison, Carvalhoon or even Moyes Keane if he comes on, you know, who's quite fast and strong himself, could be ideal for them. Like start hitting teams on the break with pace or start getting in behind as teams start to flag. That's, I think that's what we're going to go for. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we set up similar against Norwich as we did against
0: Liverpool. And let's not also forget that Norwich are uh, it's not like Norwich is sixteenth or seventeenth, the bottom of the league. There's still a couple of points adrift. They need to win. They they'll have to play for the win. They can't just sit back maybe like they did a Goodison in November.
3: Yeah.
2: Well yeah they and plus if you're if you're Norwich, you're not gonna look at this as a way of cut adrift of in and buried, Because they might have done if everything was normal, but they could look at this going this this could all change. With eight days of you know eight days passing, you know, you could play three games in that time if you win all three.
0: Out the drop zone.
2: The team is around them, are, are, you know, dropping points um, themselves. That they will look at us as going this, we can work this to our advantage. We can win games and change the makeup of the table very quickly. This this other than the first and second place, this whole table is not going to look like what it was have look like. I I could see Sheffield United finishing bottom half at this rate. Considering they were probably going to get in the Champions League before it stops, it's you know it's, it's a shame for them. But everything's different; They're nothing you can't bank on nothing because well, put you know, Brighton a beaten Arsenal, and and you know you know it's only Arsenal now, but lots of like There's going to be
0: some shock results. Well, let's just hope we're not one of them on Wednesday. Yeah, true. I mean, they though I, though I, though I haven't said that. Alan Smith said that Norwich should expect to beat us. Did he? Alan Smith, yeah, he did. I don't
2: care. Like they, they, we never get any credit off the pundits anyway, so I've, st- I've stopped try You know, hoping for any. Don't care. I hope the I hope these slaters every single week
0: and then we beat them and prove them wrong. Yeah, I don't care. I, yeah, don't I mean, care. to be fair, if I'm very similar. I'm getting fed up of pundits more and more every time I watch football now. And if anything, it's just another excuse for you guys to tune into the Sophie blues and watch us. So,
2: exactly. At least, you so know, I'm, a, I'm,
0: a better kind of rubbish at least. Well, they're all biased and haven't got a clue, and so am
2: I. I'm
0: where well, biased. I'm biased. I'm
2: <laughs> I am I'm biased, and I haven't got a clue, but I'm biased for Everton. So you pick, pick your poison. I know about as there little go, as yeah. they do. I know I'm
0: as stupid as they all are.
2: But at least I'm pro Everton, and they're not.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that that makes all the difference. But as they say, those who understand need no explanation. Those who <laughs> exactly. don't don't matter.
3: The
0: well, sky were taking it very seriously. The one Evertonian we where twenty little
2: Paul quote because They literally had twenty yeah, little yeah. <laughs> Paul <Pertonian>. um, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Tim I mean, Cahill was in was fighting our corner against you know, everyone. Get, was, oh, don't even get me started on John Barnes. But, John uh, Barnes. Red Kelly Cates needs Aglish. The actual Kenny Daglish, everyone. Yeah, he was picking a snout
2: in the stands. I know. I'm surprised the badge, the badge man fella wasn't there or the
0: uh, guy who runs Boss Nights. Oh, God. No, we had a saxophone. We don't have time for guitars. Oh, God. But, um, yeah, but even, even to the very point of you are saying one's worth 20, I mean, Tim Cale's got more derby goals than any of them players put together, so it turns out. Has he? Yeah, I think he's got like five or six and I think only John Barnes really <laughs> scored many in Derbies.
2: I was gonna say we were I know he wasn't a punter but we're clearly not including Kenny Daglish in that. <laughs> I think oh, he no. had
0: more Oh no, we're <laughs> refer, we refer, referring to the goons who uh Sky had stands and pitch side.
2: Oh, fair enough. I mean I'm surprised at Barnes I, 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 before my time but I would have assumed he had loads, but whatever.
0: Surprised well, he's even getting work with his uh, what showed up on his camera roll. Uh, well, maybe uh, just needs someone to catch on to it a little bit. It seems to be a very football Twitter thing at the moment, but you never know. He, his career could be in the mud if that gets out.
2: Definitely, definitely.
0: Right, uh, we'll we'll finish up here anyway. We'll go with our score predictions. What do you think for Norwich versus Everton?
2: I'm gonna go. I mean, I've made, I've spent about twenty to thirty minutes saying it's hard to know. I don't know. No one can know. But I'm going to predict an Everton win, and I'm going to go for one nil, just because can't see there being loads of goals, considering the way the games have gone, or at least our game went. But I'm not gonna. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna guess, and I've no idea, I'm gonna guess that we win. Why not
0: one nil, with a name, well, Dominic Calvert Lewin goal. Oh, very nice. Well, I'm gonna carry that unanimously because I would as a one nil win in mind as well. I don't think it's going to be a tight one. We would have to play it carefully but I think we should be decent enough to get the win here. Uh, I'm not sure who will get the goal from me. If you're going to say Carver-Lewin, I'll say Richarlison. So at least we've got a bit of a variety, variety. here, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be that's, that's, yeah. as much That's as much variety as you get as far as goal scorers at Everton these days. Yeah, I mean you know I'd like it to be someone else, you know, just to see what see what it feels like. But I can't see it. Yeah, I want to imagine the scenes. Who, who's, who's going to stick at top bins, just like a Woby or someone? <laughs> like after after being like the sort of scapegoat for the derby, comes comes back and I know. I'm 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 glad um, glad we're we're not going to go to
2: penalties for the rest of the season because once uh, those two have stepped up, and probably Leighton Baines, I don't think anyone else has hit the target for months after.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Sigurdsson's took a pen, but he missed loads last season, so oh, he's, he's still gonna be biting your biting your nails, whatever when you look at it. Yeah, sooner have Pickford on pens than him. That's that one he hit it for England. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's probably better than most of the team. Well, that's all we've got time for, guys. That's unfortunately there's just the two of us at the end of this one, so no quiz, but we've still gotta pick a song, so you know, we're going to look into a couple of genres. I mean, I don't know about you, I've been using a lot of... Mute, I, I've been working out to a lot of songs off the Rocky soundtrack lately. That's a, kind of how I motivate myself for my workout. So maybe movie soundtracks would be a good idea. Rocky, for instance, you know, I've had a couple of... I mean, I think particularly No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper. That's an absolute banger, I think, for, for <laughs> to work out to. I think that's better than either of the Target, if you'd ask me. But, uh, yeah, what's your favourite movie soundtrack, Terry?
2: Oh, um, obviously, I quite like in a modern context, I quite like um, the Guardians of the Galaxy films Awesome Mix One and Awesome Mix Two. Yeah, some definitely. proper classic songs on there. You've you've smashed it there with the Rocky soundtracks. I mean, uh, everyone likes Eye of the Tiger. I quite like um. Is it Hearts on Fire from Rocky Four?
0: Yeah, Rocky Four is comfortably the best soundtrack. I mean, no easy way out off that as well, which is right up there for me, and I think. I know some guy made a compilation video of Neville Southall on YouTube to that song, and I just think that's like the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, uh,
2: there's even good ones that aren't for working out, like, you know, living in America and whatnot. In there's, there's, Ford,
0: there's, I think Burning Heart, one of my favourites as well, which is actually a better Survivor song than Eye of the Tiger. Ooh, I don't know. See, the
2: problem with Eye of the Tiger is it became really cliché, didn't it, after the... It did, yeah. The, you know,
0: it appears
2: in Rocky but it's, it is a good song I mean I, I'm game for one of the Rocky
0: songs which one would you go for? I'd go with No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper myself what about you?
2: Yeah I'll go for that like
0: it was either going to be that or Hearts um, on Fire but no I'll,
2: I'll go with that I'm, I'm quite
0: happy with that So Yeah there we go we'll finish with that I mean we're saying there's no easy way out but this is actually the way out at the end of the podcast so yeah, but it wasn't easy. Can't survive on it. I mean, it's never easy. It's, this is everything we're talking about but yeah. We still, we found, we found the way out. Even if it wasn't easy, and we'll finish with that. Got a no easy way out. Thank you for tuning in,
3: and we'll see you next time. Baby, baby, we can share this skin We can know how we feel inside Instead of going down an endless road Not knowing if we did or lie